The following is a podcast of Echo, a middle school ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, visit lifeatvictory.com slash middle school. We are in week one of the series Life and Love. And let me just say this. If it matters to God, it matters to us. And we want to live a life that honors God. God has an amazing plan for our life and and he wants the best for us. And what's best for us is the wait till sex is in the proper context. Before we jump into week one, we exist as a church and a youth group so that all people can realize God loves them unconditionally. You know, God loves you unconditionally. If you missed last week, please go back and listen to the podcast. We don't want you to miss out on what God's been doing. But by the way, we are so excited to call you family. We're all about students being known, needed, and nobody forgotten about. The minute that you walk through these very doors, you are family. Come on. You're family and you belong. And so, so welcome to the family. As a family, we want everybody to know God. We believe that as you keep coming to the services, if you keep coming, we believe that you will get the tools and the resources to grow in right relationship with God. That's through the messages, through worship, through small groups. God will be, God will begin to do a work in you if he's not already done it in you. And you will grow in right relationship with the Father. Amen to that. And so I just encourage you right now to go ahead and get your Bibles out. Get your phone out as we go through God's word together. And remember to take notes. Because note-takers are history makers. Let's go ahead and jump into today's talk. Hello, everyone. My name is Justin, and I am coming to you from a place that may look a little bit familiar. A place where most of you spend your entire week trying to escape. That's right, I am back at school. For the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about something that may make some of you giggle a little bit, some of you blush, and some of you even a little embarrassed just when I say the word. Are you ready? Throughout this series, we will be talking about sex. I know, I just said sex at church. Can you believe it? He just said sex at church. Okay, calm down. We're all adults here. And the only reason we could talk about something this important is because we know you guys are mature enough to handle such a sensitive topic. Now, you may wonder why I'm in the hallway. You would think if we're talking about sex, I would be in the biology room with all the weird pictures and diagrams of people preparing to explain all the human anatomy and biology that makes up sex. But for this series, I'm going to leave the biology and the how-to details to your parents. I'm in the hallway because this is where the conversations are happening. I believe it's crucial that we address this important topic and offer you the truth behind it because if you don't intentionally learn the truth, you will unintentionally believe a lie. And trust me, there are a lot of lies being told in these hallways when it comes to sex. And for some of you, you just don't know about it. See, I walked through my entire academic life believing the phrase, what you don't know can't hurt you. I assumed this would give me some kind of out whenever I did something I wasn't supposed to. I could just say, hey, I didn't know. But there was this one time when that came back to get me. You see, it was the first day of school, and I'd walked into a classroom that I had never seen before. There were all of these instruments on the walls and things around the room that I was unfamiliar with. I was in the music class for the first time, and this got me so excited because I loved music. Maybe you do too. And I'll never forget, the teacher walked in on the first day and was explaining all that we would learn that year. And she handed out this instrument that I have kept with me ever since. Something that has changed my life and I have loved since the day she handed it to me. Voila! Maybe some of you have seen this puppy. 
This is a school-issued recorder, and I will never forget the first time I played the first note on this baby. You see, I was so excited to learn an instrument that I showed up every day and I was eager to learn and listen and to be able to play all the songs better than anybody else in the class. Well, as time went on, I got better and better, and I eventually was one of the best ones in class, to the point where my teacher asked me to take the solo at parent night. I couldn't have been more excited. So excited that I wanted to play the very song that I was going to play for my parents for all of my friends. So at the end of class, I decided to hide my recorder under my shirt and take it to the cafeteria. Now, you may not think this is a big deal, but the recorders were meant to stay in the music room. That was the proper context for them. And so I get to the cafeteria, and, and, and I don't know what got into me, because all of a sudden, I feel like I can't just play this for my friends. I have to show the world what I can do. I mean, I am the guy with the solo at parent night. So I got up on the table in the cafeteria, and I did something that looked a little bit like this. Yeah, so I know that it looked kind of cool just now, but back then it wasn't exactly the coolest thing to do. The worst part is, while I was playing this song and pouring my heart out, the principal was sneaking up on me and he was kind of angry. So he pulled me down from the table and took me to his office. And that's where he explained to me that when I took the recorder from the music room where it was intended to be played and brought it to the cafeteria, I was breaking some rules. To which I just said, hey, uh, I didn't know. But then he told me something that really stuck with me. He said that I was responsible for my actions and the consequences that would follow. And I hate to say this, but they took away my solo and parent night came and I wasn't even allowed to play. I missed the opportunity to show my parents and everybody else what I could do from this stupid mistake. And so I learned a very important lesson that day. I learned that what I don't know actually can hurt me. I learned that the phrase ignorance is bliss is completely false. And the reality is ignorance is dangerous. So if what we don't know can actually hurt us, I think it's important to start by asking a question. What don't I know? More specifically, what don't I know about sex that could potentially hurt me? When it comes to sex, we want you to be informed of the bad and the good about this confusing topic. So I want to start with a question. I want you to ask yourself, why should I care what God has to say about sex? This is a very important question for all of you to wrestle with because the truth is, if you don't intentionally learn the truth about sex, you will unintentionally start to believe it's lies. You may not realize it, but our culture has a lot to say about sex. In fact, it's probably the most talked about topic on the radio and in the television. Think about when you listen to the songs that are played or you watch your favorite TV shows, more times than not, sex will be a common theme. I'm sure you can think of a song or show that has talked about sex without having to think too hard. Whether it's about a relationship that the artist hopes to take to the next level or someone cheating on someone else, media has proven that sex sells. So I wonder, if culture selling sex through media, what message are they trying to sell? What do they actually say about sex? Do they act like it's a big deal or just a part of life? Do you think culture encourages sex before marriage? What's crazy about all of this is you may have answers to some of these questions and have no idea how you got them or when you formed an opinion. For example, you can probably finish this sentence without having to think too hard about it. 
If someone is going too far with their boyfriend or girlfriend, everyone else sees them as more blank. So with all of our subconscious exposure to such an important issue, it's imperative that you be proactive about learning the truth. But what is the truth? Does God want me to never ever have sex? Well, you may be surprised to hear the answer to this question. You may not know this, but the Bible talks a lot about sex. I I mean, a lot. In fact, there's a verse that helps us navigate the confusion of this mysterious topic. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it says this, There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. Now, I know this verse can be a little bit confusing because it's listing a lot of things that don't seem like a big deal. But the truth that's being expressed here is that even good things, when done in the wrong context, can be harmful. Think back to my story of the recorder. When I was in the music room playing the song they had given us to play during the time that I was supposed to play it, Things were great, and my teacher was pleased with me. But when I took that recorder out of the context in which it was intended, I found myself facing some harsh consequences. Context is so important when dealing with issues as important as sex. I want to focus on the last line of that verse. It says, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. If you look at the original language in which this verse was written, you will see that the word embrace is actually a word meaning sexual activity. What's interesting is it it doesn't say don't ever have sex ever ever or you will die. What it says is there's a time or season when sex is perfectly acceptable and even good. You may not know this, but God actually created sex. I know that's a weird idea, but he did and, and he didn't only create it, but he intended it to be something great. But according to this verse, in order for it to be great and not dangerous, it has to be preserved for the right context and time. Well, how do you know what is the right context and what is the wrong context? This can be a really gray issue with all the opinions in the world. Some may say that once you're engaged, you're practically married and it's okay. Others may say, hey, you need to experiment before you settle down. While some may take a more casual approach and say, you know what? It's not a big deal. Any context is the right context. Luckily, when we search throughout the Bible for the best context for sex, it's very clear that sex is best in marriage. It's true that God created sex. He created it as a means to have intimacy with your spouse as well as become one. This is the reason that sex can be so dangerous when it's not within its best context. God desires us to reserve sex for the right context because He knows the power it possesses and He doesn't want to get in the way of the amazing plan He has for your life. God simply wants what's best for you. And what He sees best for you in middle school is sexual purity. So can you think of some ways that sex in the wrong context could hurt you physically, emotionally, or spiritually? Again, I want you to think about popular songs, movies, and TV shows. What context do they suggest is best for sex? It is important to know what message you're receiving because the context for sex will affect your life. Maybe you've seen this already, 
Some people at school or some people you've heard about who didn't reserve sex for its best context. How might a student who buys into everything pop culture says about sex and relationships get burned? So I want to leave you with this question as you head to small group today. In your mind, what is the best context for sex? Do you think the right context is when you're engaged, dating, when you get to college, when you're ready to take the relationship to the next level, marriage, or possibly just when you think it will make you happy? You all have questions, and you should. Maybe your families have different ideas. Maybe life is a bit more complicated because of friends and relatives that don't necessarily agree. But we can say for sure God's plan for your life is sexual purity. I want to challenge you this week to do something that you may feel a little bit uncomfortable with, but it will really be helpful to you. This week, ask your parents this question. What do you wish you could go back and tell school aged you about dating or sex? Now, it may be a little bit awkward, but the benefit is huge. Their advice will help you understand that God wants what is best for you, and so do they. And what is best is to understand the right season and context for sex. That was amazing. Before we jump into small groups, and because we, and we, we got a lot to talk about, I wanted to take a moment, and I want to make sure that we don't miss anybody in the room. Listen, if you've come in here and you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want to give you that opportunity. Jesus said that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to the Father except through me. In fact, the Bible says in Romans that if you declare with your mouth, that means speaking, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that he, and you believe in your heart that he died on the cross, and, and, he, and God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. If you profess that, then you are saved. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask everybody right now, please, Please be so respectful to the people that are around you. And everybody, just go ahead and, and let's bow our heads as, as we get ready to pray. Listen, if you've come in here and you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I, I want to give you that opportunity to just slip up your hand. One, two, three. Just go ahead and, and raise your hand right where you are, and we're all going to pray together. Just go ahead and raise your, just go ahead and raise your hand. This is amazing. We're going we're gonna to pray together, and, 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 and there are leaders in the room that they, they, they see you. You're being acknowledged. Don't worry. And, um, and so, everybody, we're going to pray together right now, and I want you to know that God is going to come into your heart. You'll never be the same, and that you are saved. You are heaven-bowed. So, again, with all heads bowed, as we're being so respectful to our friends, everybody repeat after me. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God, and He died on the cross for my sins. And Jesus, I receive you to be my Lord. I'm a child of God, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Come on, you can just go ahead and make some noise. This is amazing. This is, in fact, I encourage you to write down today's date. If you, if you made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, write down today's date as it is your birthday. This is amazing. So right now, we're about to go to the most important part of our service, and this is small groups. In small groups, this is where we find freedom. And, and while you're on your way there, don't forget to look up at the screen. And as you're going to see 97,000 pop up and, and you're able to text them. And so go ahead, take a look at the screen. And it's going to come up right after this video. I love you guys and have a great, great time in small groups.